Last week, I spoke to us about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Today, I'm going to be speaking uh, to conclude uh, my message. Uh, I'm going to be speaking on the subject, Come to Me and Drink. And you will remember that we uh, studied from the book of John, chapter 7, and uh, from verse 37 to 39. Um, but let me just read verse 37 to 39. The Bible says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water, will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in, in him were later to receive. This morning, I just want to just highlight something from that verse, actually verse 37, before I go on. Uh, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. You will notice two things that I love so much in that uh, verse. Jesus says, come to me. It's not about going to any, anyone else. It's about, first of all, coming to Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Lover, our Helper. And it says, when you come to me, the next thing is, come and drink. You know, I was just uh, so uh, particular about what Jesus said. He didn't say, come to me and taste. There's a difference between tasting and drinking. What Jesus longed for is that we will come and drink. And take it in. And last week we were looking about the well. That from inside him. From inside her. We flow rivers of living water. Now. I have been praying. I have been studying. Uh, from the word of God. From uh, our history. From uh, our forefathers. And I was just asking this question. Jesus, what did you do to those people? What did you do to people to make them to experience revival? And to make them to be those who will spread revival. People that will bring reconciliation. People that will bring restoration. What did you do to them? That revival will happen. And that revival will continue. And I want to see revival in this nation. And I'm asking Jesus, what did you do to those people? What do you want to do to us as a body of Christ, as a church? What is your intention for believers and for, 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 for disciples? I discovered that it is by drinking continually, every day, coming to Jesus to drink. So what did Jesus do to the apostles 
and to the people in those days. Let me read Luke chapter 24, and I will just read a few verses from verse 45 to 49. Uh, when Jesus appeared to this, his disciples after his resurrection, then he opened their minds so they could understand scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But, please take note of that, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high, until you have been empowered. Few things I want to say, just two or three things from what we have read here. Jesus was telling them that they need to go and preach. They need to go to all nations and tell people about what he has suffered and that he rose up again. In fact, let me pause here. The Bible actually says that it was by the spirit of holiness that Jesus rose up from the dead. Even for Jesus to rise up from the dead, it was by the spirit of holiness. Romans chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. And because the Bible says it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Acts chapter 2, verse 24. So by the spirit of holiness, he rose up. That's even our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was telling the disciples here that if you want to talk about this, about repentance, if you want to, 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 to preach the gospel to all nations and you want to go there and see signs and wonders, stay until something has happened. And I'm beginning to just see now that what God needs to do to us is for us to continually drink for us to continually be filled with the spirit of the living God. He told them, stay. It's as if God is saying, look, it's not about preaching first of all. It's not about uh, healing the sick first of all. It's not about going everywhere. It's not about performing miracles. The first thing I want you to do is for you to be empowered. It's for you to be empowered. And it has to come from on high. Wow. So let me do a bit of a survey. Let me do a survey to just for us to have a look. And I'll be bringing some points as we just go through a bit of, uh, as we do a survey from the book of Acts. You will remember that in Acts chapter 2, when they were waiting, when those disciples were waiting, and the Bible says in, 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 in chapter 2, uh, you can read it from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So, did you see what they were waiting for? It happened. It means every time I go to Jesus and I want to drink, he's going to fill me up. 
They were waiting and they received, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And something happened. It appears to me when I, every time I read the word of God, especially the New Testament believers, what I see about them is that when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, something happens. We see an evidence. We see a manifestation that people see. And here the Bible says the people actually were hearing their, uh, their native language. They were hearing different languages. So something happened as they spoke in tongues. The next person I want us to look at is Stephen. You know, when they wanted to appoint some people to serve in Acts chapter 6. The condition for appointing people in those days, and I will just say even now, is what I read in Acts chapter 6 from verse 2. The Bible says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It will not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men. So please look at the condition. Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the world. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, you know, and the Bible mentioned all those names. Even for people to serve, even for people to be given responsibility in the church, the, the condition then they have to look for, is this person full of the Holy Spirit? Is he filled with the Holy Spirit? Has he gone to Jesus to drink of this water, of this river? In fact, rivers, as the Bible calls it. So in those days, it was not a presumption for anybody in the church that they were filled in the Holy Spirit, they have to ask, are you filled with the Spirit? And even when they ask, there is a manifestation, there is an evidence. When you now go to the book of Hearts, chapter 8, uh, when Philip went to Sam Samaria, you know, he preached the gospel, you know, the Bible says from verse 5 to 20, because I don't have the time I can't, uh, I can't really uh, uh, read that now, but you can read it from uh, Acts chapter 8, 5 to 20. There was joy in the city. A lot of people were delivered from the power of the devil. The Bible says there were healings, there were miracles, you know, signs and wonders were performed and there was joy in the city. I would think that should be enough. People were saved. People came to believe. They were all rejoicing. But you know what happened? They had to send for Simon and the others to come to them. And in verse 14, the Bible says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I was thinking, once there was salvation, 
Sometimes we, we, we rejoice because, well, people have been saved. But it is not enough. When people are saved, we need to teach them. We need to introduce them to the Holy Spirit. For them to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure all of us will know the story of Paul in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9. This was a guy who was persecuting the church. And he had a dramatic encounter with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. The Bible says he had a voice. He saw a light. You saw all those things that, that, that happened, even with Paul. A supernatural experience. A spectacular experience. But do you know that the Bible says that was not enough? So that God had to arrange, Jesus had to arrange for Ananias to go and speak to Paul to lay his arms on him. So when you read verse, I think, verse 17, after all this dramatic experience, supernatural experience that Paul had, the Bible says in verse 17, then Ananias went to the house of house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what do I want to say, brothers and sisters, before I go to the house of Colinius, the, the experience that happened in the house of Colinius? It is not just enough for us to say people are saved. It's not just enough for us to experience miracle like we have seen here. It was not just enough. They had to send for Peter and the other apostles to come to Samaria. You know, when we read that in, in, in Acts chapter 8, for them to come and minister to them, to receive the Holy Spirit. The same thing happened with Paul. I was just thinking, how can someone experience the supernatural? He saw a light, he had a voice, but that wasn't enough. He still had to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order for him to accomplish the purpose of God, to advance the kingdom of God in his generation. Just, um, I don't have time to, to look at uh, what happened with Colinius in, in Acts chapter, chapter 10. Uh, uh, but... Uh, uh, I think I would, uh, uh, wow, because of my time, I would just jump to Acts chapter 19, okay? I will read verse 1. It's, it's an interesting read from verse 1 to 7. While Apollos, was as, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Let me just say this. When people receive the Holy Spirit, 
there's always an evidence. It could be speaking in tongues, or like we saw with these people, they prophesied. When we look at what happened on the day of the Pentecost, for them, they were speaking in tongues, but they were speaking other languages. And I even remembered, even in the Old Testament, you will remember when Samuel anointed Saul uh, with oil. The Bible says he began to prophesy. So we always see the manifestation of, of the Holy Spirit. When it falls on people, we always see the manifestation. You can't say, oh, I've received the Holy Spirit and the manifestation is just in your room. People see it. People see it. And I want to just say today, my brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is here. You know, they don't ask the question, has the Holy Spirit been given? No. They just say, have you received the Holy Spirit? I was saying last week uh, that, excuse me, why do I want to be using a screwdriver when there is a power drill? That's what the Holy Spirit can do. I just want you to, to pray this time with me. And I want you to just check your heart. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit every day, continually? And you don't need to actually buy it. It says, come to me and drink. I want you to think, has there been a change? Has there been a transformation? Uh, when the Holy Spirit falls on people, we see the manifestation. We see the change. I want you to ask this question. Is there a manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit inside my life? And then, what am I doing with that gift? Am I allowing it to flow out? How many people have I touched? I think we need to start saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Fill me afresh. Then, what do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, thank you for what you have passed across unto us today. Uh, thank you. We know you will help us. And we want to be filled again afresh. Holy Spirit, we ask as we come to Jesus, we say we want to drink. We want to drink. It's not about tasting, but to drink. God, we want you to use us to bring revival in our generation, uh, to bring restoration, to be a light to the Gentiles. Uh, God, that's our prayer. That's our prayer this morning. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.